White Sox. White Sox. Go, 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 go. Call your sons, call your daughters. Holy cow. You can't put it on the board. Yeah. Well, it's a perfect game. Right out goes. Grand slam. A White Sox winner and a world championship. Jimenez. He's your hero tonight. Thanks, Cubs. The dynamic duo of Herb Lawrence and Chris Tannehill. Those two are like a tag team, you know. Come with me. Hi, this is Jim Tomey, and the best White Sox talk is on Locked On Sox Podcast with Tanny and Herb. Hello, and welcome back to Locked On Sox. My name is Herb Lawrence. You can follow me on Twitter at Ecknerwall23. Chris Tannehill is at Chris Tannehill, and our show is at Locked On Sox on Twitter and on Instagram. And thank you for making Locked On Sox your first listen every morning. Locked on Socks is available and free on all platforms, including Locked on Socks on YouTube. If you want to leave us a voicemail, 312-566-8727 is the way you can do that. Or your emails at LockedOnSocks at gmail.com. With any, without any further ado, it's a great day. Chris Tannehill is here. How you doing, Chris? Oh, is it a great day? Uh, well, it was a great weekend because I got to see you. We got a chance to go out and have a little lunch the other day with our buddy Brendan B. Mac, Brendan McCaffrey. So I got to see you uh, during the holiday break here. But I'll ask you now: How was your Thanksgiving? Uh, it's probably the best Thanksgiving weekend of all time. Mm. Friends had a good time with uh, Courtney's family or her mom's house in St. Charles. Uh, then had dinner at also dinner at my sister's house, my older sister, Sheree's house in Wheaton, then had dinner again at my mom's house in Bloomingdale. So, and then the best thing that happened, you know, you said you're meeting with me and Brendan at the piggery. Awesome. Awesome. On Friday. Oh, I love the piggery. If you, uh, are in chicago proper head on down to the piggery they are not a sponsor but they could be and should be uh it's one of the my favorite barbecue spots just a, a local hang one of my favorite spots in the city run by good people irving a white Par- Sox fan too yeah lots of Sox fans in there um well, old friend of my dad's runs that spot and irving and ashland i'm sure you've seen it if you've driven in that area you've seen it they've got a beautiful uh, upstairs patio area which they're decorating for the holiday season so head on over there and uh, and check out our people at the piggery support local businesses they've been there for a long time and man i was stuffed walking out of there on me Friday. too <laughs> me too and it was just like you know a burger and fries theoretically but they do it a little bit different than other places i got a nice uh just filling burger. It had like a, a, sla- a half cut of a sausage in it <laughs> and just deliciousness all over. The bun was nice and soft. And I left like just full as hell. That's like stuffed. That's like, oh, yeah, I, I, you should feel. And like you got more for your you got more bang for your buck right there. Yeah, I, I had a couple cocktails and with all that food, I got home and I just I sat on the bed. I started watching uh, one of my shows. Been watching the show, The Morning Show on Apple TV. It's aight. And Lawrence has been telling me I should check it out. Yeah, it's this is Steve Carell when uh, 
Yeah, Jennifer Aniston. Yeah, Yeah. and uh, Rachel. Uh, Rachel. (laughs) Um, And I just started nodding out on the like I was sitting there watching it because I was like basically in a food coma. Uh, So Mm -hmm. that's that's uh, the the uh, the calling card of a good spot. There is when you're just kind of sort of nodding out after having lots of good barbecue during the day. But that was good stuff, man. Uh, Glad you had a good Thanksgiving. My but the best thing though, Tanny, before I get yeah, I thought it was just me, but whatever. Sorry, I thought hanging out with me was your best thing. That was great. It was a highlight. <laughs> of the weekend until Saturday afternoon and tonight when my Wheat North Falcon took oh. home the 7A football championship. First championship in 35 years. Congratulations. Go Falcons. Yeah, go, Fal- go Falcons. Uh, congratulations. Yeah. Uh, Mitch was tweeting us asking if we were going to do a locked on Wheat North Falcons show. Uh, but yeah, I, you know, uh, go ahead. Talk to these folks, man, about, about your about your football team, about your alma mater, the real alma mater. Like, I could imagine what it's like when your team that you didn't actually attend their school does, and they do well, like the Illini, but when you actually attended a school and they win a championship, it's got to be a good feeling. Oh, yeah, yeah. I had, you know, my whole time I went there, we hadn't won a championship since 86, of course. So of we've course, been hearing yes. about the names, you know, Kent Grahams, Chuck Long, Jim Jariga, those guys who went on to all play in the NFL. And those are the guys who brought home championships back in the 79, 81, 86 season. And so we're like, man, we met, we didn't make it to the top as Jim Rexilius senior was retiring the year that we uh, finished off and didn't make the playoffs. So it was sad ending to that. So to see that come and 35 years after the, the championship in the, the 86 year, you get a championship again. It's very, very like you think you're away from it. And this, the coach is not the same. The staff is, you know, totally turned over pretty much. So there's no one really there connecting me to it, but you still feel the feelings. It's like, man, we won a championship. That's awesome. Who did they beat? They beat the St. Rita Mustangs. Oh, St. Rita. It wasn't, uh, wasn't our guy, uh, Zoe, wasn't he shit-talking you about that before that game? Did I see that on Twitter? When I mean, he, yeah. He was talking friendly, about- you know, Matt Zawaski is as friendly as they can be <laughs> on uh, some smack talk. So <laughs> we were talking about maybe we could put a bet down when, you know, the loser goes on the other guy's podcast, but uh, I don't know. He has been on, on this podcast. He was one of the first guests of all time, Matt Zawaski. But congratulations to you, St. Rita people. They have this beast of a kid, man. He's going to be going to Ohio State. I forgot his name. I think it's David Jones or something like that. I forgot what it was. Somebody will be yelling this and retweeting me. <laughs> um, but that guy is a one-man show. I can understand why they rode him to that state finals because he is a beast but the wheat north falcon were up to the test to stopping him i gotta say yeah it's, that's that's good stuff right there congratulations to your squad uh my thanksgiving before we move on to all there is some news that not no white Sox news but a lot of news as it pertains to the white Sox inactivity which we'll get to in a second here but my thanksgiving i talked about it on the show last week uh yeah last week about uh how i was going to smoke a turkey and don't let the photos fool you, even though my dumbass had that thing on the smoker breast side down. Um, I, I messed it up in that regard, but don't let the photos fool you. The taste was on point. I, I smoked that 14-pound bird about seven hours at 250. Had some the last of my apple chunks there, uh, you know, for a nice, juicy, 
delicious bird uh, for my low leverage Thanksgiving. I, I think I really did it well. I did not have to apply a rub to it. It was just delicious as can be. Probably the best turkey I ever had next to like real urban barbecue, you know, when they used to uh, supply us with turkeys around the holiday season when they were a sponsor at the score, you know, they smoked their turkeys as well. But yeah, I was very, very uh, impressed with how it came out and the wife dug it, you know, whole family dug it. And uh, that was just, it was a successful Thanksgiving. I cooked my maple bacon Brussels sprouts, those were good as well, but the turkey was, it's not often the turkey is the star of the show, but I think it was on Thursday, and that gave me something to focus on while that dumbass Bears game was going on, but I was very pleasantly surprised, not surprised, but, uh, you know, feel, I felt proud of myself that, you know, I, I, I had the opportunity to make a turkey for the first time in my life, and I did not, uh, I didn't boot it, you know, I, I got a hold of it, and I flipped the bat afterwards when it was done, I flipped the, the tongs, <laughs> respectfully towards my own family's <laughs> dugout uh, not to run towards my neighbor's dugout i did it respectfully but yeah it was good stuff right there and it was a pretty solid thanksgiving still feasting off those leftovers i like a little turkey sandwich uh, slider on hawaiian bread with a little swiss cheese and a little horseradish oh that's that's the joint right there so uh but yeah good thanksgiving we hope you guys all had a great thanksgiving as well and uh, we'll finally get into it here after we're done gabbing away like a couple of hens here. Uh, after a quick timeout, we'll talk about the free agent frenzy in the hot stove, uh, which is heating up but not for the White Sox. That's next here on Locked on White Sox. Locked on White Sox is brought to you by DirecTV Stream. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows. You're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friends logged in for the good stuff, right? Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without that hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream and it brings your live TV on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part? There's no annual contract, so get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. All right, a lot of deals were out here to be made this week, Herb, and especially the past couple days here. Let's just run down some of the big ones here, and if you if you got anything you want to say about any of these, I, I just have the ones that maybe were – that that's, we're on my radar as a Sox observer, something that uh, players that we talked about on the show previously, you know, holes that were filled that the White Sox still have that were filled by other teams for their uh, respective holes, so, so to speak. But uh, let's talk about Adam Frazier traded to the Mariners for two prospects. Not a big haul there for Adam Frazier. You know, we had talked about him a lot around the trade deadline. We were in Pittsburgh when we were hoping Rickon was going to make a deal. Uh, Adam Frazier was no damn good for the Padres, but uh, he was a guy that a lot of Sox fans are still talking about. We mentioned him uh, not too long ago, but Adam Frazier gets dealt. What did you make of that Adam Frazier move by the Mariners on an American League team that got better, I think, with Adam Frazier? Yeah, I, and they sent out a clever tweet yes. where they uh, said uh, – what did he say? Uh, they compared to the TV show Frasier and say, welcome to Seattle. And the uh, caption was what, Tanny? Uh, you know what? I think I, I I turned a blind eye to the caption because oh. I was looking at the Photoshop job. Uh, did they even do a caption for it? They did. I think they said, uh, welcome home, Frasier, or something like that. Maybe I hear the, 
Here, no, here, they didn't. The blues to call one? No, they didn't. Did they? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. God. I just saw the Photoshop version of Adam Fraser's head on Fraser Crane's body in the suit, and it had the Fraser logo with the Mariners, and that's all I saw. I didn't see any any captions on it, but if you can find it, please uh, take it and then delete it and don't mention it on the show ever again. Um, but that that was a move that, the, you know, the, the White Sox it was out there to be made, and if you're looking to acquire Adam Frazier, and I don't know if the Sox were interested. I You know, my feelings changed on hit him a bit after his lackluster performance in, uh, in San Diego, but I'm not sure. Was that a move that maybe you could have foresaw the White Sox maybe – uh, putting a, a package together that they could have landed themselves Adam Frazier and filled that hole at second base? Yeah, it didn't seem like the Mariners sent that much. No. I mean, I'm not too big on their prospects, so I don't know the guys, but to get them for prospects that I don't know are going to hurt the Mariners in the long run and help the Padres didn't seem like a big-time deal. I think it was more of a, this guy didn't work out for us. We want to get rid of him. He's a good enough guy, but it's it wasn't it wasn't meant to be because they didn't really give up a lot to get Adam Frazier either. So, right. It seemed like a low leverage get and a low leverage trade, too. And maybe we're out of town. Stupid. A phrase coined by our guy, Matt Spiegel's when you observe a player from out of town and you don't watch him every at bat of every day. But uh, the first uh, one of the replies I saw from a Padres fan. Uh, say enjoy those singles with nobody on base with two out. So that, that that's how they summarize Adam Frazier's tenure uh, in San Diego. So maybe that's the type of player that he is, a guy that you look at like, yeah, the numbers look decent, I guess, but ultimately what did he do for you? I don't know. I I would take him over Danny Mendick today. I, that's my hot take for the show. Uh, I'd sign up for Adam Frazier over Danny Mendick or Leary Garcia, but that's where we're at with it. Uh, other news and notes here from around the league. The Mets are out here making deals, folks. Mm-hmm. Uh, they signed Eduardo Escobar, two years, $20 million. Uh, They signed Mark Canna as well, two years, 26 and a half, with an option for a third year. Oh, no, par- no Marte Parte for us here on the show. They also signed Starling Marte, four years, $78 million. And apparently they're still taking a gander at Robbie Ray. So the Mets are out here spending some big-time dough, and they, they fill a need with Escobar. Uh, the, the Sox maybe could have explored an option like that. You know, I don't know where you're at on Eduardo Escobar. That would have been a nice move at the trade deadline. Bob Nightingale says he's still coming, though. Um, but uh, the, the, the Marte thing was something that I certainly believe could have been on the table for the White Sox because that's a guy you could have moved around all in the out, across the outfield. Uh, played center field when he was with the A's, but that's a damn good player, one of my favorite players, and he goes to the Mets for $78 million for four years. That's That was the first move that was made this weekend that I was like, hmm, okay, okay, Rick Hahn. <laughs> Are you awake there, Rick? Uh, but, yeah, Starling Marte, that's, that would have been a nice pickup for the Sox, but uh, alas, not meant to be. Yeah, and as we speak, I'm reading Twitter. Oh, no. Of course, on Sunday night. I got it open, too, here, because this is one of those shows, one of those nights uh, before the CBA closes. We we talked about it during the show, Herb, and we talked Mm -hmm. about it over lunch on Friday about these guys signing – before the volatility of the impending work stoppage, I mean, I hate to say it, but there's going to be a stoppage, I believe. But you see these guys rushing to sign these contracts, and the contracts are pretty good. They're not, mm-hmm. you know, the Gaussman thing we'll get to in a second, but what, what else are you seeing here, her popping up in front of us? Your guy, J.P. John Paul Morosi. 
He's going to be he's on the show. Uh, he's going to be on Parkinson Spiegel later on today. I think three oh. twenty or three forty. We're having JP. Yes. He credits Ken Rosenthal, Joel Sherman for getting the information out first, but. Max Scherzer and the Mets are close to signing a multi-year deal, so it's just confirmed to Jeez. Don Palmarosi. All right, so there, there you have it. So I don't know where you were at on Max Scherzer. We'll get back to Martin here in a second, but Max Scherzer was by name the number one starting pitching free agent available, and the mm-hmm. White Sox having that be one of their biggest needs. Where, you know, where were you at if we didn't talk about Max Scherzer? But the idea of him, it's you know thinking that you can sign him and have him repeat some of his previous successes here going forward. I know typically you're a guy that's, you know, you don't want to pay someone for what they did, but uh, was was Max Scherzer maybe on your priority list if you're Rick Hahn? No, not necessarily because I know as if I'm Rick Hahn, I know that we can't go there. We really don't fish in those waters. So, which is no, which we, is a shame. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, we're at our championship uh, competing level right here and we're like mm, we're still operating a, like mom and pop shop but I wouldn't even like I don't even think he put a serious offer in there as we saw with other deals I think we're going to mention um, we're not going in the seven year things and that's not when Max got but I'm sure his AAV was somewhere in the 30 million plus per year so we're not there I it's kind of like they have me conditioned to like not care about that, which we should. Yeah. But my mind was never at Max Scherzer, so I can't get mad when they don't get Max Scherzer. We'll get to people that I will get mad at, and I don't know what the secondary reports are going to be. And, you know, White Sox water carriers will do their best to tell you that the White Sox try very hard for all these free agents. And, and you would think coming up short. Yeah, you would think that Bob would be out here putting the work in on, on a night like tonight, where so many of these players are are, are signing deals in, in new cities, and White Sox fans' angst is out there. Like, I think one is it's got to be coming, right? Like, if you're Bob Nightingale and you're going to put out some stuff about the White Sox, you know, they had mentioned that you know the Sox are looking at top of the line starting pitchers like Robbie Ray, right? Um, but you got to think. I would expect a tweet from Bob Nightingale by the time we're done recording here because uh, White Sox Twitter. Ho oh. ho! Oh, what the fuck is up, White Sox Twitter? Uh, we're getting a little agitated here on on a Sunday night watching all these deals here. So I would expect a, a tweet from Bob, sort of let us know. Uh, what's going to happen here for the White Sox, or what isn't going to happen here? Uh, you'll see. Uh, uh, the White Sox were just were not in the position to to. Uh, they were not interested in, in in paying this type of money for player X. You know, I think we're going to be seeing that. Uh, you know, maybe we'll see the the White Sox are tapped out uh, tweet very soon here. But um, all right, we, let's stay on the starting pitching. I, I've moved on from the Marte Parte because there's still other options there. In mm-hmm. right field available for you, Michael Conforto, Nick Castellanos, both those guys. You hearing about Nick Castellanos maybe signed with the Marlins? I know they signed uh, Avi Garcia, but that was a rumor because uh, Castellanos is from down there. So, you know, uh, that, that's something that was, was surprising to me. But let's talk about Kevin Gaussman, Herb, the Blue Jays, mm-hmm. a, a team who you probably will be on a collision course with in the next few years, a, a young, talented team. They signed Kevin Gaussman to a five-year deal worth $110 million. Uh, that's per Jeff Passan. This is a frustrating one because this deal is a pretty good deal money-wise for both parties. And it it's, could be a bargain 
if Kevin Gaussman can repeat the success he had in 2021 for the Blue Jays going forward. But this is the first move that I saw because I thought Gaussman was one of those guys, under-the-radar guy. Yes, he had a great year, and everyone knows who Kevin Gaussman is if you're paying attention to the free agent market here. But that would have been a great White Sox move because it, it, was, it would have been a smart move. And it's a guy who doesn't have a lot of wear and tear on that arm. But uh, this this is one of the first frustrating moves that I saw uh, across the wire today. I thought the White Sox definitely should have been in on the Kevin Gaussman sweepstakes. Yeah, I thought it would have been a nice value. Like you said, the money doesn't seem that prohibitive to for the White Sox to be fishing. I know it's five years, so Jerry would be like, flinching and of course, it's over $100 million, so we already know that might be a no-go for Jerry. Well, Wheeler, how about uh, Wheeler? We gave him money. Come on now. Um, it's about winning. It's not about the the uh, pursuit. It's about actually signing the guys. One of these days, the White Sox will have to sign. Like Yasmani, I think, if we're going to rate it, was a great signing. But I don't know if he was one of the top free agents that year. I think he was probably top 15, hundred percent. Yeah. But one of these days we're going to get those guy, a uh, guy that they say, okay, white Sox ain't effing around anymore. Great to get Liam Lex last year, but relievers are relievers. And they one got another days, one. Just, they got another one this year. Another reliever uh, for yeah, you. <laughs> I forgot. We're just killing the relievers. I, I just wanted them to say, okay, we got that guy. One of the top, top players, top five players in this free agent class. Mercy. I mean, there's a guy still out there. I think is a top five guy. Can we go and get him? Can we go and get Nick, Nick Castellanos? Please, Jesus. I know he's talking about Miami, as you said. Let's yeah. put some money out there. So maybe this is an indicator that he's not going to go to Miami because uh, obviously El Garcia goes to Miami for four years, $53 million. I don't understand what they're doing in Miami. I don't understand what the Rangers are doing. We'll get to them in a second. But I, I would think that Avi going to the Marlins would – maybe prohibit Castellanos from going there. Like they don't want to spend two big time contracts for the outfield. You know, they, they basically, they don't play the same position per se, but you know, you but also s- remember every indication is that the CBA will say universal DH from here on out. So right. to sign him, it's, it's redundant, but you have another position yeah. introduced into the national league. That's a good point by you, Herb, as always. Um, yeah. So, John Gray also, that was a guy that you had heard linked to the White Sox a few years back. John Gray gets $56 million mm-hmm. over four years from the Rangers pending, Such a, a, deal. F- pending a physical. Again, you know the, the Rangers out here, they make that move, and then they go on ahead and they get Marcus Simeon. He gets his 175, Herb, seven years. 175 for Marcus mm-hmm. Simeon. Uh, I don't know what they're doing. I do know they're a better team today than they were yesterday. So mm-hmm. I guess I guess that's all you can say about about the Rangers and, and the Blue Jays for that matter. Uh, we know what the Blue Jays are doing, but the Rangers, yeah, it just uh, it's puzzling, you know. Um, so the, the White Sox reuniting with uh, Marcus Simeon is not happening, and the Rangers, he's going there. So yeah, that that was another frustrating move because you're starting to see maybe the the floor of the American League start to to rise a little bit here when when the Rangers are outspending you uh, that's when I start to get a little irritated as a White Sox observer here what about you yeah it's just like they're seeing they they have money new stadium excitement for the game and so we're spending it let's go and uh, put it out there for and they probably know the last couple of years of that deal aren't going to be as good as the first four 
you take that if you're trying to compete. And it looks like they're signing everybody. I mean, they signed everybody's favorite right fielder, Cole Calhoun, early in the day. As you said, John Gray goes over there. Um, and there was one more signing I might have missed. They signed this person late in the day where I didn't get the name, but I'll get it before this is over. But the Rangers out here with money, ready to compete. They're probably the second best team now if I'm handicapping that AL West out there. And seeing that Carlos Correa left the Houston Astros or will probably leave the Houston Astros, they're trying to strike. They're trying to put that money out there because they know that with that new stadium, it being empty in year two would be or year three actually would be let the second year they're actually allowing a full capacity would be very sad it will set a standard for them going forward so might as well jump in the cba before you i mean while you have some certainty before it happens and then you have a team on the other side of 2022 that looks like it's competing the al west so let me ask you herb what do you think the Sox are doing here? Do you think all roads are leading back to Carlos Rodon? You have not heard his name mentioned anywhere with any club. Do you think this is a foregone conclusion here? The Sox are just going to run it back with Carlos Rodon on a longer deal, and it's the devil they know versus the devil they don't. Uh, do you think that's what, what, what's happening here? Because you haven't heard the Sox linked to anyone. You know, I think they would argue that Rodon is in the class of, of Robbie Ray and Kevin Gaussman. So when you see Bob Nightingale tweet something like, oh, the Sox are looking at top of the end, uh, top of the line starting pitching like those guys, I think they probably view Carlos Rodon when healthy as one of those guys. Uh, you know, Let's get on record now. Do you think that's ultimately what's going to happen here? Rodon comes back for a team-friendly-ish deal. Like They're not going to get him for a bargain again like they did last season, but you know, I think he will uh, come in – because of the injury history, he'll probably get around what Gaussman got. You know, probably not the five years. Maybe he'll get a little more annually. But uh, yeah, I, I think that's what's going to happen here. Is Rodon's coming back? I'm just speculating. I have no insider information here, but like I hope that's what's happening at this point because you're seeing all these uh, free agent starting pitchers come off the board here. Do you think that's what their plan is, Herb? I think their plan is to compete maybe initially with the Robbie Ray market see where it's at, see if it comes to where they want to pay Robbie Ray, because they're not going to go out and pay Robbie Ray the money that he wants. They're waiting for that number to be in the the range that they see him at. And while I might blame them for that, that's their budget. They put out a number and they think they can spend on Robbie Ray. They don't need to exceed it. But I think sometimes when you're in this situation as they are, rules got to be broken. And you have to go over scale. And that's what Texas did with the Marcus Simeon deal. He, they paid him 25, $25 million per year for seven years. 38-year-old guy, year old guy at the end of that year uh, contract. Probably won't look good right there. Yeah. But if you get four out of those seven years looking good, I'll take it. That's what you got for if you're a Cub fan. That's what you got from John Lester. You got like four, four and a half good years out of the six-year deal. It's a good deal. It's a great deal. So sometimes you got to go out and get the guy you want for the price that it might be more than you bargained for. So if they feel that Robbie Ray is the guy that gets him from point A to point B and replaces Carlos Rodon with the same type of stuff, but with a little bit more longevity, go and get him. Yeah. You? Yeah, I think that's what's going to happen here. But I really do wish you would, you know – Again, like you said, I'm done with the Sox being linked to, to players and not converting on the players. I think we, we saw that 
process play out in the free agency of 18 19 you know so i'm i'm cool with them not being mentioned i like i i like my white socks to fly under the radar back like when, when our guy was running the show he better stay out of our business he better stay out of white Sox business i like flying under the radar white Sox coming in and making a big signing but let's be real folks it doesn't really happen all that often so i i've got concerns here and i try to be measured and and i, I do want to withhold my my uh, fire and brimstone uh, or brim and firestone rant here uh, until this free agency process is, is completed. But it certainly seems like there's a lot of names that would have looked good in the silver and black just going to other teams and other teams in your league who you're going to have to compete with. That's the frustrating thing. These guys are not going to the arms race of, of the NL West, you know, uh, or the NL East, some of them. They're, they're going right to, to the AL East and the AL West, the team that you're going to probably collide with over the course of the, of the season. So that's frustrating to me, and there are still other names out there, so that's why I'm going to, I'm going to withhold my judgment here. But it, it's not looking good, I don't think. You know, because you know, you still got the hole at second base. you still got the hole at right field. But, again, there's still good free agents available to be had there uh, but of course you know we're just beaten down from so many years of following the White Sox that we just have our doubts that they will convert on these targets I, I hope we're wrong I hope we're wrong but I, I just it, you hate to see these other teams that are not as good as you get better and you're just sitting there you know are you better if, if, if Craig Kimbrell's gone and you add Kendall Graveman like are you a better team while the other teams are, are clearly better I'm not so sure about that but that's why they don't play the games here on December 1st so that's a good thing uh, but uh, yeah man that's it's frustrating Locked on White Sox is brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. Built Bar, it's the best tasting protein bar ever. And here it is, folks, the best Monday of the year. Yes, I'm talking about Cyber Monday. And Built.com is the place to aim your mouse. Get at least 20% off everything delicious and healthy. That's 20% off site-wide at Built.com. And there's even bigger discounts on Built Boost, Built Broth, and Built Swag. A brand new Built Bar flavor has just landed in time for Cyber Monday. Caramel Almond Delight, and it delivers everything it promises. Caramelized chocolate, check. Almonds, check. Delightful, double check. Be sure to get yours today before they're gone. The Caramel Almond Delight, only 150 calories with Check this out. 17 grams of protein. That's a lot of protein. And this season, maybe you're craving white chocolate. For a limited time, get a special new Built Bar Puffs flavor white chocolate cheesecake, the yummy protein treat filled with marshmallowy center covered in white chocolate. And check out these stats for the Built Bar Puff white chocolate cheesecake. 140 calories with 17 grams of protein. That's pretty good. Tis the season to save and give your taste buds the gift of Built Bar. Get to Built.com for these incredible tasting new bars and 20% off everything. Head to Built.com, enter promo code LOCKED20 before it's too late. All right, Herb, that about does it. Uh, are you going to be joining me in the Bulls suite tonight at the United Center for Bulls and Hornets? Uh, I will be. Ooh. It'll be a very, very exciting times. Uh, I haven't been on Bulls suite in a minute because you know the pandemic but this team is actually good so we will be spending more time watching the game than drinking and eating our faces off nah we're still gonna eat <laughs> we're still gonna eat and drink off the company's dime i i haven't been to a bull suite in ever jerry in, in ever. ever so i'm looking forward to that so yeah i guess you me you shane will roll up in there and in, in my whip after work on monday and we'll head over to the bulls game so you know uh 
I don't have any Bulls gear. I have like one Bulls hoodie. All my other Bulls stuff is like way too big back in the early 2000s era when everything was all big. So I might have to do a little shopping down there in the, at the UC to, to get some respectable Bulls gear. I think it's going to be a fun Bulls season. Again, check out our friends at Locked On Bulls. But that's all I got today. Uh, we knocked out a couple shows here tonight, and we got a couple mailbag episodes and an announcement about the show later on in the week. So, uh, you know, hopefully we can sort of break into these shows here. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday with some White Sox news. But if uh, there is no news, we've got your emails for the rest of the week here, it looks like. So that's all I got today, Herb. That is Chris Tannehill at Chris Tannehill on Twitter. Me, Herb Lawrence at Ecknerwall23. And the show is at Locked On Socks on Twitter and Instagram. 312-566-8727 for your voicemails. Locked On Socks at gmail.com for your emails. And thank you for making Locked On Socks your first listen every morning. Locked on Socks is free and available on all platforms, including Locked on Socks on YouTube. So for Chris, I'm Herb. Thank you for joining us on Locked on Socks. All right, man. Do you realize?